What if we did a podcast about affect where we just talked completely monotone? I'm not sure that's actually very possible. I don't know if I'm capable, yeah. I think I'd forget, like, halfway through. I'm also too emotional. <laughs> like, I, I really am. It's time for Affectalians with Brian, Arare, and Patrick. From wikipedia.com. Effect theory is a theory that seeks to organize effects, sometimes used interchangeably with emotions, or subjectively experienced feelings, into discrete categories and to typify their physiological, social, interpersonal, and internalized manifestations. Uh, yeah. Um. You were introducing us? Oh, yeah. Hey. Um, so this is Patrick. Aurora. And Brian. Um, and welcome to Affect Alien. Um, it's a podcast where we are going to be looking at pieces of digital media that produce some sort of affect response um, in us. Um, the title is taken from the work of Sarah Ahmed, where she argues that to be an affect alien is to respond to alien affects. Um, so let's get started. I could probably explain it more than that, but <laughs> my resources are not in front of me right now. So I thought maybe we could first start by sort of defining what we mean by affect in the context of the course work that we've done um, in this course, but also what that means to us individually. Yeah, because I mean, as far as I feel like when we started this, I, I know I am not super familiar with affect theory. Aurora, I feel yeah. like you also said. I'm not super familiar with it either. So um, Patrick, do you want to tell us a little bit like what your understanding of affect theory is? Well, the, the way that I've understood affect theory is to sort of understand the idea that the visceral and emotional responses that we as individuals have to things are both constructed and performed and that as part of that we have to take those those seriously as we would quantitative data and as a way of sort of understanding impulses inside of ourselves and how those how those can be used to help understand our own identities but also our own desires and that desire can be a site of research it's fairly phenomenological isn't yeah. it yeah yeah and it seems to tie into things like like you said desire nostalgia performance right and that so like when we are responding to things. And we've gotten to a point now in our social media that affect is sort of built into social media now with the idea of likes and loves and wow and sad and angry and all of the other responses that we can have to things. Um, emojis are sort of a shorthand for affect at this point is that we now like affect has become communication that we, but it is also performed, right? is that we can also look at affect is giving something a certain level of emotional point of view when something is said, when someone describes someone as being affectless, 
it's sort of the idea of them being maybe monotone or the absence of emotion. But I think that affect and emotion represent different things because I'm not quite sure how to differentiate those two. Yeah, I'm not sure either. This might be a good time to pull this up on, um, online and actually like research, pull up the keyword for affect. not sure how much showing there actually is considering this is a podcast yeah see so we want cloud reader i pulled cloud reader up in uh, the class i taught the other day and i was like i hope they're not judging my family's kindle account oh no why well it's my my mother uses the kindle mostly and she likes something called cozy mysteries which are like if you've like imagine there's like um like a witch running a bed and breakfast but she solves mysteries usually murders it's stuff like that or like like charlene harris type kind of um yeah i think charlene harris is in there these are maybe a little more or a little less uh dramatic and dark than charlene harris uh, but similar genre, yeah. Okay, so I pulled up the affect keyword for affect. So um, looking through this um, in um, the keyword for media studies, uh, Carrie Rinchstaller, is that even close? Rinchler. In um, her keyword for affect, Carrie Rinchler s- suggests that affect tends to be studied via the process through which it registers and becomes communicable as ritualized, as means of transmission, and as forces for making experiences audible, visible, and felt. So it's very phenomenological in that way. Cool. I have a question then about affect, because we're still trying to figure out what this thing is. Uh, Is affect antithetical to authenticity or is it a subset of authenticity what do we think the relationship between affect and authenticity is well in that case i think we need to define what authenticity is which is equally (laughs) as challenging as defining what affect is yeah and then it you know lends itself to the whole argument well is anything authentic and uh which is a whole nother can of worms okay (laughs) So maybe a different question. So we don't, so we're establishing that even as we are looking at this keyword article on affect, we are struggling to define it. So maybe rather than having a definition of it, we should pull up some of these pieces of digital media to sort of see if we can figure out what affect is through experience. Yeah, I think that sounds like a good idea. Um, Patrick, would you like to pull up yours first? Okay, yes. Um, I would love to pull this up. Um. So, since podcasting is, a, you know, not a visual medium, Patrick is going to YouTube currently and pulling up his digital artifact, which appears to be something called Bocube that he will tell us all about. Um. This <laughs> might be the... Uh, There's some German, I think. Uh, it might be the right one. Let's see here. Oh, we can't hear anything. We turned the volume. Yeah. Off. Yeah. Here we go. Hello. 
Okay, so what... Bopla is a German company. They make plastic enclosures for things. Um, and they... Um, I don't know what these little plastic boxes are. Um, I presume we'll include a link for them to watch the yeah. video. I think they're showing some of their products. Yes. So it's 3D renderings of a plastic enclosure uh, and the components of this thing. Okay. That they're changing colors to highlight different parts of the product. And now, okay, a piece just flew into the rest of it very intensely. And then came in, for another one came in. So in this 3D model, you're having all these pieces come in to the hole. It's very weirdly, like, penetrative there, you know? I say as the key goes right into the keyhole. <laughs> Your language is taking an awkward turn. <laughs> I'm just uh, trying, like... This is actually us studying the affect of Patrick's vocabulary. <laughs> God. I have to say this jingle is wonderful. This is re- well, the best part's coming up here in a second. I don't know why it's in English if it's a German product. Okay, so there's definitely some Freudian imagery going on here. Is there really? (laughs) Mostly it feels like a video version of like an Ikea manual. Yes. That's a very good way of describing it. I feel like this is some sort of weird Phineas and Ferb song. <laughs> or maybe like one that you hear at like some Save the World, We're All One type concert thing with the upbeatness. It, we yeah. are all one in our bow cubes. The, uh, the bass line feels very Indigo Girls. I'll assume you're correct in that. I don't know who the Indigo Girls are. I feel like we may have listened to this too long. <laughs> Fresh. How long is this video? <laughs> we are... Oh, almost. Okay. Oh, For those at home, it's 3 minutes and 51 seconds long. Okay, uh, I'm gonna cancel the autoplay. So, affect of the bow cube. So, like, I can describe what we heard, and I can describe what I saw. I could describe them together, 
but I don't I think that where affect becomes useful is that it is sort of explaining the liminal space between what we experience sensory and what we experienced emotionally is that it's sort of a synthesis of the two that's happening um, that that's happening on like different levels what 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 did that make you feel I felt like I was watching a shit post, <laughs> like you see on Facebook, Tumblr, Twitter, Reddit. Um, I did find this on Reddit. <laughs> Where? There's a subreddit called Deep Into YouTube, which is, the rule is it has to be under uh, 10,000 posts, 10,000 views, and it's sort of reclaiming things that would have been seen ironically seen like in one context and sort of reclaiming them as outsider art. So was that your first interaction with BoCube? Yes. Reddit? Okay. Yes. No, no, I didn't like seek out the product I and then get to the I jingle. didn't think that you sought it out. I was just curious how you discovered it because it is a German product and I'm assuming that you And also have not I imagine that it's Germany. I have not been to Germany. I also assume that those things are 3D printed because of the mm -hmm. sort of the the quality mm. that all the pieces look very 3D printed. I don't think so. I think they're probably like injection molded, which is the only other type of manufacturing I know, but um, I, I doubt they're 3D printed. It's also like written in English where clearly the songwriter's second language is English. Only because also like the date of the video is 2012. So right. that's why yeah. I would assume it wasn't 3D printed. Right. I also just this the line notice that the bow cube has arrived there's something in the syntax to that that is just so strange and beautiful to me we want to talk about affect aliens the aliens are the bow cube they have arrived no i think <laughs> or, or are we the aliens experiencing the affect through the alienation of of this capitalist product sort of being reappropriated by the labor that was put into this song, which I almost feel like is more labor than was put into the product. That's probably true, the honestly. The products do look very simple, and I'm still not sure what their case is for. I like maybe air conditioner units, or like, I, I'm like imagining that I have like a one electrical plug that I'm constantly accidentally yanking stuff out of that would really like to have something to enclose it to make sure I don't that it doesn't become unplugged. It did seem like it came in different sizes. <laughs> so, so like the affect labor put into this song is doing something different than what it was meant to do for me. Because so, the song is there to get us to buy the product. What drew you to this? Like what keeps this song, like why, why has it stuck with you? I think it's the, it's the chord progressions. It's the weirdness of the lyrics. And there's just something pleasurable about those lines. Bo cube is a fun thing to say. It, um, it is. I agree. And I I will just have this stuck in my head like all the time. Yeah, it's it's going through my head right now. It's, yeah, it's gonna be in my head forever. It kind <laughs> of. And this is gonna be a. Um, you're gonna be think I'm crazy for making this comparison. It almost has a Max Martin feel to it, <laughs> of like the Swedish um, pop. Artist who wrote Hit Me Baby One More Time and like a bunch of other like classic pop songs. Like 
in that the syntax is so different than how we would normally write English sentences. Yeah, because it's not written by, well, I mm -hmm. assume it's not written by native English speakers. Right. Yeah. It could be written by a robot. <clears throat> that and the key change. That, the way it does the key change is very similar to how a lot of 90s songs mm. would be structured, where you have that uh, after the bridge, the look out what is coming on, this is really true, it was made for the future, Bo Cube is made for you, and then you have the key, the key change. And I think that something about that, like... There was a period of time this semester when I went into the office, I would just play this to get me psyched to get stuff done during the day, <laughs> just because I needed some sort of ritual. And it is a very happy song. Yeah, I feel like with I feel like with the key change, it implies that they put some sort of thought and effort into this to make it exciting, even though it's just a kind of repetitive song about Bocube. It's also forward-looking because Bocube is made for the future. <laughs> the fact that it's like a full song and not just a commercial jingle. Like, it's not a minute long. It was like a full three minutes and 51 seconds. Like, that's a pop song. <laughs> I always love it when people put, like, actual labor into things like this that don't matter. Mm. And particularly that are related with, like, novelty stuff. Like, um, you guys go to Waffle House? My, the, the digital thing that I've chosen kind of has to do with YouTube. So um, if you want to move into that, I don't know. Um, I don't want to play the whole song. <laughs> but so my thing was, <laughs> I was thinking about Hilary Duff's Christmas album. Yes! Uh, because <laughs> of, of course I was. Uh, but so specifically, <laughs> um, like when I was living in Korea before here, I wasn't going home one year for Christmas and you know, you feel nostalgic during the holidays and then I was also kind of missing my family. I wanted to listen to this Christmas album. Um, <laughs> I know too much about it. It came out in 2002 and then was re-released in 2003 as like a remastered version that just had one extra song. and. Um, it kind of like holds a special place for me because I remember like in 2003, I saw Love Actually the day before Thanksgiving with my brother and sister-in-law. And then the next day, I don't know why, but they wanted to go to the Thanksgiving Day Parade. And it's something that we have never done in life. But um, they were like, let's go. I think because my sister-in-law had a friend visiting and she wanted to go. So like we all went with my mom and then like, Lo and behold, Hilary Duff was on a float performing oh. like her Christmas song, um, the new like the new digitally remastered one or whatever. Ooh. And um, I was just kind of like, oh my god, it's Hilary Duff, um, because I was like 16 and you know secretly gay. But um, <laughs> like, so I wanted to listen to this song in Korea, and then when I tried to listen to it on YouTube the uploader hadn't made it available outside of the US, so I couldn't listen to any of the albums. And this is before VPNs. Yes, uh, yes. And then I couldn't, uh, it also was not on Spotify, and it's still not on Spotify, fun fact. <laughs> um, but yeah, so this is just a really terrible, bouncy Christmas song. This is an ad that we're gonna skip, but, so it makes me think of, you know, my childhood and, that time of my life 
I don't know, that's how I was kind of interpreting affect theory. I wish it was the music video. It's not, it's just like a video of the front of the album cover. Oh, that voice is so processed. Yes. <laughs> Were you a Radio Disney listener? I was not. <laughs> Shocker. I know. I I used to listen to it on AM radio. That, I think that's why I didn't listen to it. Everything about that cover just screams like 2005-ish. Yeah, so it was 2002. Okay. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, go ahead. I should note that this is this video has 533,653 views, and in the video title, it the word uh, Claus, uh, Santa Claus, is spelled like claws, as in mm-hmm. illegal claws. Like so, as the Tim Allen movie. So that's yes. because yeah. So that's because this song was featured in Santa Claus 2. <laughs> <laughs> so fun fact, uh, <laughs> Hilary Duff like went to some kind of Radio Disney concert, I think, and she was, like, backstage, and she was like, all the performers look like they're having so much fun. I want to sing, too. (laughs) And she, like, met up with some kind of executive producer, and, like, she sang for him a little bit, and he's like, I want to work with you. You have something special. (laughs) And, um, I mean, I would... She was, like, 16 when this came out so yeah so so she they released like two singles prior to releasing this album and this was technically like her debut album and then it was kind of like a feeler for like if fans liked it and apparently they did because she went on to make more and yeah um (laughs) that's wild so i i just thought of this album because i thought of that time but then i also thought of you know Last was it this week in the news? Last week, uh, like they announced that they were doing the Lizzie McGuire reboot, and that the character Gordo, played by Adam Lamberg, was like coming back, and they like posted a picture of Hilary Duff with Adam Lamberg, and it was like this big thing. And I was just thinking about how Disney Plus is, you know, capitalizing on this nostalgia um, of like people my age who will buy into this crap because they're like, <laughs> oh my god, my childhood. Yes, but like. <laughs> Disney Plus is marketing a very specific type of affect. Mm. That it's an affect without like rough edges to it. It's yes. like if we were if you were to look at Inside Out, it's single colored balls. Mm. Yeah, that's a good metaphor. Uh, I think it's going for that family friendly nostalgia middle America type thing that Disney became famous for originally. What scares me is that Disney just bought Fox. And historically, the affect produced by Fox movies and Fox content is not that. Yeah. I mean, there are pieces of Fox content that do that, but like, um, what's going to happen to Avatar and to like, do we expect to see Jojo Rabbit on Disney Plus or Sideways or Shameless? The, the the movie Shameless. It's going in the Disney vault. <laughs> I don't actually know if it is, but... You know those ads that were like, it's coming out of the vault for the 25th anniversary, and then they 
republish the, which is probably VHS tapes. It's like, ooh, fancy when it's like, no. I thought it was so frustrating that they even had the vault. Like, the tapes are out there in existence. Why are you, like, I don't know. Yeah, it's limiting access. Yeah. Does the Disney logo give you guys feelings? When I was little, I totally thought that D was a G. Me too. the way it's written. Disney. Yeah, I was like, that's weird. Um... I don't, I don't know that it necessarily gives me feelings. I think that the music that they play as they're like zooming down yeah. over the castle mm-hmm. or whatever, that like title music, I think that makes me feel a little bit of something, but also I'm dead inside, so. Yeah, it, it depends on which Disney castle you're talking about. Because if you're talking about the one before the current one they have, then it's like, oh yeah, these are like Disney Renaissance era films, which I watched a bunch of when I was a child because I grew up yeah. in the 90s and 2000s. Mm-hmm. But yeah, looking at the current one, and this is me uh, having a low opinion of Disney, I just kind of get tired because all of their stuff is like the same type of thing, rehashing everything, same face characters, oh look, live action Lion King. <laughs> Please note, I'm using air quotes right now, dramatically. <laughs> so now, now when I- From the director of Swingers. <laughs> so now whenever I see one of those, I'm just like, ugh, why am I watching this? Dr- yeah, it's directed by um, uh, Monica's girlfriend from that um, season of Friends. Boyfriend, yeah. Yeah, boyfriend from... John Favreau. John and now, Favreau. And now they're, like, trying to make him the Star Wars guy. Slash, uh, slash he, Twitter yeah. uh, slash Twitter opponent of Donald Trump. God. Who isn't, though? Yeah. At this like, point. But, like, Favreau seems to think he's the only one, which is kind of what... Like, I like to hate read his tweets because he seems to believe that he's the only person speaking truth to power. It's it's I really fascinating. Hasn't he directed, like, half of the Marvel movies? No, no, he only directed Iron Man 1 and I think Iron Man 2. Isn't he and in, like, half he's of in, them? But he's in a lot of he, them. he plays Happy, right? Yeah. Are there any, like, pieces of pop culture that just, like, irrationally freak you out, like, give you, like, bad vibes? The Emoji Movie? (laughs) Um, The only one that comes to mind I feel bad about saying, but I just don't understand Billie Eilish. I want to, and I like some of her songs, I just don't get her, and I think it's just because I'm old. I'm, like, a decade younger than you, and I don't even know who she is. Oh, okay. That makes me feel better. (laughs) (laughs) I'm probably not the best person to use, though, because I don't uh, listen to pop music, like, ever, except when I'm in Wendy's. (laughs) That's, like, a wonderful filter for your pop music. (laughs) Yeah, they play the family... Mostly family-friendly pop music there. Like, they have Miley Cyrus's The Climb from the Hannah Montana movie. Oh, I have it. So I have, like, Hannah Montana. Like, this is this is something where my 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 Hannah Montana thing, I I worked Ticketmaster during the Best of Wor- Both Worlds tour. Ooh, lucky. Um, there, are, <laughs> there are laws um, that have national ticketing laws that have resulted from that um, tour. That is one of the most traumatic experiences of my life, is working the phones during the Hannah Montana pre-sales. Honestly, it sounds kind of like Black Friday, but concert-wise, yeah. in terms of the craziness. And so I can't listen to Miley and not like remember those experiences. My friends used to have a radio show when we were in college, and it was when Miley Cyrus's like 
first album as Miley Cyrus mm-hmm. came out. That one, Miley the one that Cyrus. had the client. Yes. No, uh, that was the movie. No, it was the one that had. And um, see you again. Yes. Yeah. So I was. Which obsessed. I do actually like that song. Yeah, me too. So my friends, uh, at the end of their radio show, every time, every week, they would play "See You Again" <laughs> and say, "You're welcome, Brian." And uh, I think me and the prisoners at the nearby prison were the only prisoners. <laughs> so it's like perfectly fine. But um, yeah. So I, I'm, what I'm starting to feel is that affect is is like a combination of tying into previous memories and then manipulating them to get us to do things. At least in the context of the pieces we've chosen. Yeah. It, it wants us to um, to buy Hilary Duff's album or to notice that the bow cube has arrived. Yeah. And we're getting some capitalism <laughs> in here. Like, for the record, I still don't have a Disney Plus account, but my phone background... Wait, I need to open my phone. Is that picture oh of Gordo gosh. and Lizzie? <laughs> because I'm fully invested. <laughs> How are they going to do a reboot? They're both in like they're they're 30. thirty. I think they're like thirty in it. Are they yeah. going to be playing teenagers? No, no, they're oh, playing okay. like adults. Like oh, so she's... it's like that. So Raven, but yeah. instead now it's a reboot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like I know I know Hillary Duff is my age. She's thirty two. I think he might be a little older. I don't know. Yeah. But um, it's supposed to be them as adults. But, oh, yeah. okay. I think she's like an interior decorator or a fashion designer. Wow, or that's so white Enter America. some other, yeah, like cliche rom-com profession. What does he do? A video I, game I, dev or something? A writer, who knows? I don't know. I don't remember <laughs> Gordo or really, I didn't watch much Lizzie McGuire. I, I was well, doing theater. on Disney+. Plus. No. <laughs> I, I was doing theater at the time that, that Lizzie McGuire was popular, so I was aware of it by just osmosis. Um... I, I was working at summer camp, and there was this weird kid named Jordan. This tiny little kid. Speaking of affect, alien, he's just he see, he was he acted like he was from a different planet, and he would just always he would just you know, come on, Hillary Duff, Hillary Duff, Hillary Duff. <laughs> and it was right when Thirteen Going on Thirty came out, um, and so for the talent show, he did the Thriller dance. Except he didn't realize you were supposed to like that you transitioned through the moves. So he would just like run from one side and do like run to the Aww. other. And, it was, um, and I believe I looked at his Facebook recently. He is out. So yeah, I mean, I feel like maybe that's why I felt a connection to Lizzie because she was like awkward and nerdy, and it was like at a time when being a nerd wasn't cool yet, and like I was nerdy and awkward and you know like othered and I don't know. I was watching cartoons. Mostly when Lizzie McGuire was popular. Uh, so I watched a lot of Nick and Cartoon Network instead of Disney, but then I turned on to the Disney cartoons when they were on. Yeah, I, I also watched a lot of the the Nick and Cartoon Network cartoons, and now Netflix has signed a deal with Nickelodeon to like uh, produce new content based on their cartoons. <sighs> oh, great! In a direct effort to like combat, you know, Disney Plus. Uh, the only thing get some reboot without Butch Hartman, please. <laughs> oh, let's get Rocket Power back. Oh my gosh! Because kids are into the skateboard, right? Kids, kids have always been into <laughs> skateboards. You know that's. Have you ever been in the? It's like the math and science building. There's like that uh, statue of like a isodecohedron yeah. or something. There was a tour 
going through campus and they were like walking through the building and this one kid in the back of the tour like I was behind them and he did like some weird kind of like skatery move off of it and he's like oh ha 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 like laughing to his friend he's like did you see that man and I'm like oh lord (laughs) (laughs) youths so like I'll tell you the other thing that that weirdly gives me the feel is classic Sonic the Hedgehog gameplay I've never played a Sonic game in my life. I've never really played a video game, so... All I know about Sonic is that they redid the movie designs, and people are much happier now. Because he has less teeth or something, right? Like, like, Sonic, I I have a hard time explaining. Like, people that are into Sonic are, like, really into Sonic. Like, to the point where, like... There's a whole part of Deviant Art that's just like Sonic the Hedgehog, religious Christian religious art. Um, that's so weird. Like, as in, he's religious, or they're portraying him as yeah, like icons, or like what? Yeah, both. It's, okay. Because it's mostly children drawing it. Yeah. And so, like, if you're a teenager that's born that just became born again, um, the two most important things in your life are Jesus and Sonic the Hedgehog. For that, like period of time also there's a high furry overlap as well see like that i'm not surprised by (laughs) so like i like the affect of like embodying like because video games and particularly sonic the hedgehog was like your control there's i still get chills thinking about the first time i played super mario brothers and realizing the buttons i was pushing was affecting something on the tv because it felt like magic hmm it like I I remember playing it in the '80s and it felt like magic that this thing I was controlling something that was happening on the TV, because and that was like the feeling of hitting the buttons on those classic ones. But then when by the time you got to the Genesis, the the controller head was a little bit sleeker, the the sound was a little bit better, and it was hitting all your pleasure centers every time you got a ring, you got a like a. a sound you you got the feeling that you could do anything in that game because it was moving so fast where mario was like guiding you through a very specific process and the reason that those mario levels are so iconic is because they were handholdy they were guiding you where they threw where sonic gave you the feeling like you if you really wanted to you could just fly across the top of the screen and no one was going to stop you and uh but also you were that blue ball and that, like, you are simultaneously yourself, but you're in the game as this ball going through this space. And it was, it was like, it's a very liberating feeling that any time I play those old school Sonics, I still get. Yeah, I guess I, I never really thought about that with video games, like, about the control and the magic of them. Because I was never, like, super into video games. I usually only played with my middle brother because he, like, owned all the systems but, like, if I think about those games now, like, I think back on them fondly, mm-hmm. or, you know, like, if I ever go to, like, some kind of arcade and I see those games there, I'm always, like, happy to play them, but it's not something I go out of my way to do often. <laughs> I played Mario Kart on the Wii, and that was it. <laughs> That's... Mario Kart's a good, like, game-feel game, especially, like, the Wii has a certain very, like, specific feel to it. But it's like the feeling that I get from the Wii is different than I get from the Genesis. 
because like the most recent, yeah. like the newest um, console I've ever purchased is a Wii, and that's like like 13 years old now. Yeah, I think it's reached end of life actually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sega Genesis was the only console that I actually owned that was like mine, but I would always make my brother like play the levels of games that were too difficult for me. So like I had the Aladdin game and he would like get me through the Cave of Wonders. Cave of like, Wonders was a bitch. Yeah, or like I had Shaq Fu, which is <laughs> yes. Is this Shaquille O'Neal Kung Fu? It indeed. <laughs> It is the worst game ever made. As ridiculous as you would imagine it to be, I think I bought it because I liked Kazam. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it was a treat. <laughs> so I, I think part of what we're realizing is that affect are things that we enjoy out of our internal aesthetic value claims. Yeah. That like things that are hitting us for very specific pleasures. Or aversions that it, that very specific things are being done um, by the thing. Like, well, I'm I don't know how much pleasure has to do with it because I'm thinking of the thing that I have, yeah. and it's I'm not sure how much pleasure would be a good word to describe it. it. Yeah. So this is an audio file I made I think five years ago where I took the song Let It Go from Frozen in 17 different languages and played them (laughs) all at once. Uh, So I'll just go ahead and play it. Disney's probably gonna shut us down for this. I don't know, because we, you know, we plugged them a lot. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, just this the whole time. <laughs> I feel like it's like a spell. <laughs> yeah. Or like the voices in your head. <laughs> like this is the end game of the neoliberalist fantasy of multiculturalism. <laughs> This is this is like if we follow all of those ads where where children are holding hands. This is where we eventually get to. Every culture at once. <laughs> and you like can't pull a single language out of it. Like, even yeah. the English one, I just can't hear. Yeah, so I've listened to Let It Go in multi- many languages. I've, I was able to find files for more than 17, but some of them were out of key, so I decided not to include them. But I've listened to so many different languages that I'll, like, hear for, like, half a second, like, one language. I'm like, oh, that's the Russian version, and then I lose it entirely. <laughs> You are an amazing human being. Thank you. Uh, How did you do this? uh, Ripping a lot of YouTube videos and then putting it in Audacity. Oh, okay. Uh, Adjusting them so that hopefully they were the right time, though they some of them differ by like a second at the end. Mm. Um, 
cardboard boxes you see on ghost hunting shows where it's just like random radio yes. garbage and then words appear and then they go away. This will definitely haunt me. So okay. It is so similar. This, this almost reminds me of Manny Farber's theory of termite art. Oh, wait, what is that? Please explain. Yes, elaborate. So, so Manny Farber was not a big fan of like high art. He had this. Okay. He wrote this essay called "White Elephant Art versus like Termite Art." Yeah. It so we could hear. And his idea was art that was trying to be good by playing by the rules and and doing things the way that we consider movies to be good. So you mean every Disney movie? <laughs> well, no. I was gonna say like more like Paul Thomas Anderson movies, like yeah, some no movie or The Godfather movies that insist ah. on their greatness by being just like. It's so intricately put together are boring because they're just following the rules, but also movies that break all the rules are also boring because they're still prisoners to the rules. But what's really interesting is films and piece, tiny pieces of art Listen. that are just... <laughs> yeah, like all the doors closed very yeah. I couldn't get the timing group size. Maybe I just gave up. Uh, yeah. But yeah, that's what I spend my time doing. I like when I was when I was um, younger. I did. You remember that period of time where there were all those Titanic, like it was the the My Heart Will Go On with like clips from the movie that would get like played. Like the, that movie was such a big deal that they would just have audio tracks with clips from the movies, and it would be a top forty hit. Um, it was a weird time for movies. Uh, and music. So I took the My Heart Will Go On, except I added in clips from the movie Secretary. Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> okay. And like, I like gave it to a friend just as a practical joke, and she said, that's a real big hit on the forums I'm on. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I had something go viral on, like, weird, like, pre-viral S&M message boards. <laughs> this has gotten a couple thousand notes on Tumblr. Uh, yeah. I definitely wouldn't say it's gone viral, though. Yeah. Do you plan on doing this with any of the songs from Frozen 2? I have blocked Frozen 2 <laughs> from any news. Uh no, I don't plan to watch Frozen. I'm kind of done with Disney. Yeah. Though I did love the Onion article the other day that was like, Frozen 2 confirms Elsa is gay, but also a trans-exclusionary radical feminist. <laughs> and I was like, like Disney would ever do that. <laughs> it was just the idea of, of Disney having any sort of trans inclusion, but also being a trans-exclusionary radical feminist. <laughs> I keep seeing articles about how the movie quote-unquote confirms that Elsa is queer because of some other character who I don't know. This is not a spoiler. But um, I'm just like, I doubt it. Like, Disney would not be like, our princess is openly queer. It's going to be in the movie in a scene they can delete. Exactly. So that they can show it in China. Yeah. Because that, that, that's why the, like gay rep in Avengers Endgame of that like oh my god throwaway scene in the beginning it's like yeah you can easily cut that out to show in China and it has no significance to the plot whatsoever I was so hyped for like the gay representation that was supposed to be in the movie and then once the movie finished like after I finished watching it I was like 
time out. It was that dumb scene with the friggin' director. Like, no, that's not good enough. Yeah. I was very annoyed. I I <laughs> I have listened. I haven't seen Frozen 2. I know it came out on Friday, but I have listened to the soundtrack and I was pleasantly surprised by the Weezer song. <laughs> Which is not a statement that I say often these days. (laughs) There's a Weezer song. So Weezer does a cover of the character Kristoff's song from the movie. And the song in the movie, like Kristoff's version, is like firmly an 80s ballad. And like Weezer does it. And it's still like an 80s ballad. And you're just like, okay, yeah. So it's like the Demi Lovato cover of Let It Go. Which is not in this version because it's completely different. I'm gonna say that it's better. Okay. And I'm like a Demi fan. Shocker. Yeah. <laughs> um, I like like two songs by her, which for me is a lot. I tend to not like songs by people. <laughs> I I like her, but also she's like very problematic as a person sometimes. But I do like her music, and mm-hmm. also I like typically her message and what she stands for. Yeah, the messages are good in a lot of her songs. I just tend not to like her voice very much. Mm. I didn't know almost nothing about her as a person besides the fact that she was in Camp Rock and Sunny with a Chance. Uh, Which has a great theme song. (laughs) Yeah, it does, actually. Um, It's really good to run to. I don't... I mean, I haven't (laughs) run in, like, forever, but when I did, (laughs) that was a good song to, like, motivate myself to. I run to Bo Cube. (laughs) <laughs> I should add that to the playlist. <laughs> I seriously am actually going to rip the music from the Boku video. Yeah. Well, it's really... I doubt it's available for purchase Listen. online, <laughs> so I'm going to pirate I it. Did, I did ask, uh, I did leave a comment asking if the sheet music was available. <laughs> Maybe did you it... ever get a response? No, they said that um, they're working on it. Maybe it comes free with the purchase of a Boku. <laughs> so what you have to realize about that video is... Every comment over the last two years is me. <laughs> well, but they're very polite. They're they're very gracious whenever I say things about it. And then like, um, you have to put it like a you when you say it changes everything. You have to put a lot of extra emphasis on the everything because it does change. It's like Jesus. <laughs> Or a baby. So, so or far, Sonic. Yeah, or so, Sonic. so far we have Sonic is Jesus, <laughs> Bocube is Jesus. We got a lot of saviors. <laughs> All right, we've got three so far. Yeah. yeah. I mean, arguably Hillary Duff. Yeah, I mean, she saved Christmas. Yeah. Hillary Duff. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Her last album is so good. <laughs> it features a song co-written by Ed Sheeran, um, which, you know, could go either way. It's called Tattoo. Yes, but I feel like the new Kids Bop album has a song written by Ed Sheeran. Kids He's Bop everywhere is now. Still, Kids Bop in a thing is the bane of my existence. We had to play it at the elementary schools that I worked for, and <laughs> I just hate those tiny, tiny voices and the changed lyrics. So, if we were to make affect an equation, so is it memory? plus emotion plus capitalism equals affect? With our sample size, I think we could say yes. I'm not sure that... I don't think that that's the actual definition of it. I also think there's a certain, like, 
you can't pinpoint a time or a place necessarily. Like, I, like it, it does, like, my example ties back to the past, but I could also tie it to the present. You know, there's like a certain... Temporal. It's yeah. very... Temp- there's a temporality to affect. Yeah. That it's it's giving a... Im- not necessarily embodied, but it's, it's giving form to something that we don't have metrics for measuring. That's something between sort of like what we sense and what we feel is just sort of that in between that is Bocube. So it seems <laughs> it seems to have like an emotional reaction and then like a, a memory reaction. Does it also, would you say, have a physical reaction? I think so, because I think emotions are physical reactions. That's true. Yeah. That it's creating physical responses in our body. I think that we've not looked at it that way because we've thought of our interior life as being separate from our body because of dualism historically and now we sort of realize that our interior life is part of our body and that affect is a way of sort of bringing out those two things and acknowledging that that the things that we are giving us pleasure are the result of sensory reactions you've been listening to affectalians with aurora patrick and brian and me, Burton. I'm the alien. Effect Aliens was recorded at the Mike and Sarah Colleen Center on the campus of Bowling Green State University. Special thanks today to the Bowplot Corporation, makers of Bowcube. For more information about the Bowcube and any of the fine products made by Bowplaw, visit bopla.de. That's B-O-P-L-A. D-E. For a transcript of today's episode please go back to the beginning of the episode get a pen and paper, and write really fast. Effect Aliens is a production of the Bowling Green Center for Podcast Studies. Thanks for listening. I, I really like that Bowcube took you to like a Waffle House jukebox. I just, <laughs> the, the power of it's like, you know, just the, the places it takes you is nice.